Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from TalkSport. The Record Book. Hello everybody once again and welcome to this week's edition of what used to be the Record Book Podcast from the Game Day Mighty Empire of course. But it's these days been renamed, rebadged, upgraded if you like, to Danny Kelly's Record Book Podcast. Again from the same Game Day Empire. And I wish to repeating a joke from two weeks ago. This is either because I've been so brilliant, I've deserved my name on the front of a product, or much more likely the product is doing so badly that the management are getting ready to blame me for it when the season ends. Um, I am delighted to be back after a week off, which we'll talk about later, and to be joined today as we go through, as you know the drill, our heroes, villains, best performances and worst performances of the footballing week. Um, a format that does tend to allow us to go off some very strange places indeed. To help me go on that journey, I'd like to say back for the umpteen time, very regular, and I suspect grinning from ear to sideburned ear, um, it is, of course, Mark Webster, West Ham fan extraordinary, broadcaster, DJ, etc. Hello, Mark. Good evening to you. Of course, those sideburns. Are, uh, it, life is so good. They're the sideburns have joined up, up in the middle of it, and it's called itself a beard. Nice. Yes, true. indeed. Yeah. And if you wanted, if you want to know what Mark looks like, if you're only aware of his work um, of when he was a younger man and not bearded, uh, these days, if you think about Santa Claus, if you think about Colonel Sanders, you're pretty much. Uh, there with the web stuff. I have. I, got, I do him, have a special recipe. Alongside him, because um, I'm re- I'm still uh, remotely quarantining uh, here in the Republic of Ireland, so I'm not quite seeing him. Um, a player I watched play at White Hart Lane several seasons. Um, you'll remember him more, I suspect, um, for the brilliant work he's put in over the years at Wimbledon Football Club. Um, why, along with Paul Parker, who oddly enough is a um, a regular on this program as well, a person who was brilliant in the air despite being not blessed shall we say, by the gods of altitude. Um, one of the great jumpers over the past uh, of my time watching football, Chris Perry. Hi, Chris. Hi, you, Danny. And Leeds United, after a 16-year absence, will be back in the Premier League next season. And West Brom's fate now relies on Brentford slipping up tomorrow or on Wednesday night. And what a different story to the... Premier League game against Manchester City just after the restart, where there was a lot of criticism of Arsenal's spirit, a lot of criticism of defending. You turned it round tonight. A lot of criticism on me, no? I understood during my career, football is about survive. Yeah, due, to, due to being away for a couple weeks, I'll give myself the indulgence of going first for my hero of the week. And that's because it should really be me, because I told everyone that Marcelo Bielsa would be a brilliant manager. Um, look, I'm a football nerd, I, I, just like I'm a music nerd, and the career of Marcelo Bielsa has been a thing of amazement to me. How this fella has gone under the radar for so long, after what he's done particularly at Chile, also in club football, the problem is, of course, he's an incredible eccentric, and owners just cannot get on with the kind of things that he does. But when Leeds, out of nowhere, appointed Marcelo Bielsa, I thought, well, it, won't, it may not take one year, but it certainly won't take more than two. Um, he will either crash and burn or he will produce a team that, like the like of which the championship hasn't seen for a long time. And in their pace, in their commitment to attack, in their determination to flood the opposition, um, I think he has produced a very memorable lead team. And of course, he got promoted. I mean, um, he finds solutions. When he was at, with Chile, when they were winning the South American championship, he realised what he had in his ground. And then Chris Perry, I, I want you to listen to this, um, he had no centre-half. Um, of any size, and but what he had, did have was a team of great workers. Um, 
including Alexis Sanchez back in the day when he would work like a Stakhanovite. <laughs> and I think it was, he put three short players, mostly midfielders, who are no defenders worth the name, across the back, um, and relied on the rest of the team to work so hard that crosses would never get into the box. And of course, they overcame the power of Argentina, Brazil, Uruguay to be champions of South America. I remember one of the games last season, but of course, Leeds didn't come up. He worked the players so hard that they collapsed. There was that thing they shot on television. There was a breakaway. And while the opposition were doing their best to get back, Leeds managed to get eight players into the opposition penalty area on the break. I mean, he really is an extraordinary man. Of course, he must also, we must also add in the spy gate, about which more later, where he not only did he send the drone to spy on Derby County's players, but when, when the proverbial hit the fan, um, instead of doing what every other manager, certainly British and Irish managers that I think of, would say, no, this is the game now, isn't it? He said, no, that was me. It was wrong. I'll pay the 200 grand. Yeah. And he did. And finally, um, in our salute to Marcelo Bielsa, in a world of professional sport, drunk on technological advancements, on cryogenic recovery chambers, on multi-computer interfaces, allowing for performance review and all the rest of it, a man who watches the game or appears to be an upturned dustbin is all right with me. Yeah. <laughs> and Anyone? Marcelo Bielsa yeah. is my, he's really one of the heroes of the season, but he's my hero of the week because Leeds United, I mean, goodness, I am old enough to remember them in the Premier League. Chris Perry's probably not hard, barely old enough to remember them in the Premier League. I scored and against I, them, I think, the last season they were in the Premier League. You saw oh, them off, Chris? Chris. You saw them off. Well, no, we lost. Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which club, Chris? Spurs. I scored. It might yeah. have been the year before they went down, potentially. Chris, I remember. You, you'll remember this, I hope. Chris, of course, played at the back and was. I'm going to do a little test here. Um, if I had to draw a list of uh, centre halves who were under five foot ten, Chris would be up there in my top five of all time. I'm not going to say. There to are a only West five, aren't there? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm now going to say to a West Ham fan of a certain vintage, Mark. Name me a great West Ham centre half who wasn't five foot ten. Bobby Moore weren't that big, that's for sure. Steve well, Potts, obviously. Steve put, Potts, put, I've written his name down. Steve, I've Potts. Steve Potts' name down already. He, he, had, a few, he had a few games at centre half. Steve he played Potts. right back as well. Didn't he, he did, Steve but but Steve, yeah. but you're absolutely right. And it, it and, and they are the great readers of the game. It has to be said. And I'm Chris. I'm just going to ask sorry. Chris on that on on Bielsa yeah. actually because the point you make there, Dan, is really interesting. If you're in that Leeds team and this man of the legend that that, that Dan points out turns Bielsa, up, yeah. do you think we're getting a, and he turns up and he looks like he does, which he's, yeah, he does yeah. look like yes. he does? Yeah. Do you think to yourself, "Wow, we're getting a man at the top of his game here," or do you, as a squad, go, "Oh no"? I think What's you, this? I think you kind of doubt. I think just because of the way he looks, you probably you, you probably doubt his knowledge. And you, you've heard all these things, and so many players I've I've heard through the years that absolutely love him and, and love working for him and, and he's a genius and all that sort of stuff. But when yes. you actually see him, maybe maybe you doubt that a little bit. Yeah. And, and it's only well, probably once you work with him that you realise just how good he is. Yeah, yeah. You I, two are lookists, I suspect. Yes. Yes, <laughs> we are lookists, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, to be fair, his recent record, particularly at the previous clubs, Leeds got him because he was becoming impossible to work with and would only work at clubs that begin with L. Because his previous work at Lazio and Lille had both been incredibly curtailed by him just throwing his toys out the pram, saying, I can't work here. But prior to that, his work as Argentina manager, Espanol manager, and in, uh, particularly in, 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 with Vélez Sarsfield in Argentina, you only have to listen to Pochettino um, and listen to Pep Guardiola talking yes. about the fella yeah, yeah. To, to know what you need to know. Um, who's your hero of the week, Chris? My hero of the week is... The much maligned David Luiz. Wow. Just, See, I, he's had I one decent game since he signed a new contract. It, it wasn't just one. It was, an, it was a performance that you just didn't expect to see from David Luiz. I mean, it, it, he was literally a man mountain. He, he was like, it was like watching Bobby Moore in the 1966 World Cup. It was like watching... Um, I'm trying to think of other defenders. Cannavaro, you know, when Italy won the yeah. World Cup. It was that good a performance. He was making tackles. He was making blocks. He was leading the line. He was cajoling everyone. It was like something I haven't seen. And something you, when you saw him play against Man City and he made those two mistakes, you thought that was the end of yes, it. And, and, and for yeah. him to come back and be that good and that influential in a game, I, I think takes 
an awful lot of guts and determination and, and belief in your own ability. And, and, and real credit to him and also to Mikel Arteta, who's everyone probably laughed when they said he was signing a new contract. But we you did. Can, you can, you can, yeah, you, oh, we did. Yeah. And, and, and listen, he's going to have games where, where he's going to make mistakes again. It's just the nature of, of the player he is. But I thought he was outstanding. I thought he was head and shoulders above everyone else on the pitch against Man- I mean, Chris, Manchester City. You're right. You're right to say he's much maligned. But the fact of the matter is, look him up on whatever database you use. And the truth of the matter is, David Luiz has played for only the biggest clubs and only the best managers. And he has won every honour the game can offer uh, a player except the World Cup. Yes, and he would have probably have won that as well. He hadn't been part of that, you know, uh, 11 11 man uh, meltdown, mental breakdown, to use an an old fashioned phrase, in semi final against Against Germany. Germany, Yeah. I could could picture him now sort of clinging on to the back of the net about the fifth goal. Yeah. And it was was just part of the problem, not the solution. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other, because this is why Chris will tell us better, you know, even the best players can have a night where everything just conspires to go wrong. Because the other person who was insane in that semi-final was Marcelo, who also has won every single yeah, possible yep. um, trophy that could come your way. He played like a child, like he'd never seen a football before. <laughs> um, I, I'm glad for David Louise. I think he gets a lot of jib again, a bit like you two with Bielsa, because of the way he looked. Um, yeah. And I actually, I actually thought during the game, and, you know... I wasn't. I didn't want Arsenal to win. Let's let's be frank about that. Even though my tea getting cooked often depends on that factor, I'm probably getting a special tea tonight um, with them being in the, in, the, in the FA Cup final. The um, putting Tierney next to him meant that he had what player one side of him who he knows isn't good enough in Mustafi, and another who wants to learn. And so suddenly he was responsible for the whole the whole back of the team. I thought it was great. You're absolutely right, Chris. But, but what would frustrate you about everything we've just discussed here? is that because he rose to the occasion and everything you say, Dan, makes sense to me and everything you make sense to me, Chris, yeah. why, is he, why is he doing one every 512 games? And I exaggerate for effect. Yeah. He, he, yeah. You're right. I mean, he needs consistency, doesn't he? Yeah. But I think he just needs someone to actually show belief in him. You know, you're my number one defender. You're going to stay in the middle of this back three. You're going to be the one that's going to organise it. You're going to be... So I, perhaps I think, that contract was a massive part contract, of it, it shows, shows a lot of faith in him, doesn't yeah. he? Particularly yeah. after the mistakes against Manchester. He must have thought, you know what? My career's over here. Yeah. I yeah. can see that. And, and suddenly someone shows that in him and he steps up to the plate. And, uh, yeah. And... Like I said, he will make mistakes, but I think Arsenal, that, it, 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 they need a player like that. He's got experience. He's a winner. He's won trophies. And probably at the moment, they've got some players that are coming through the system that are going to need an older head in there. And he'll be the one. And he yeah. could be the one, yeah. Uh, interesting. Well, it can't, it, can't, it can't be Mustafi, can it? No, so, no, 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 no. He's, no Louise, no. David, Danny, you know, he's, he's going to turn up here. He's going to turn up on, on Danny Kelly's record book. Yes. Every other week, either as hero or villain. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. I mean, basically, yeah. he might as well just sign him up now because he's got the capacity to be both, hasn't he? Who's, who's your hero, Mark? Right, I've gone for... Uh, it's, a, it's a concept rather than an individual. Um, and it started last week and it carried itself on through into the Crystal Palace game in the Lindelof-Zaha moment. Now, Danny, and we, we've we've spoken so many times, I mean, you've, you've gone through the complete rites of passage on the nature of VAR, and we obviously yeah. know its strengths, nice. we know its weaknesses, we know the things that have been added and subtracted to try and justify its existence. We know the system doesn't work. We know the system is being reviewed. Well, guess what? In the last week or so, and culminating at the weekend with the Zaha-Lindelof, doesn't matter if it was a penalty or not, VAR still allows us to debate and argue about the fact whether someone tackled someone legally or illegally. And I cannot believe we've gone through all of these decades, arrived into the 20th century, got all of this technology all piled up on itself. We've got, we've got companies and organisations that are involved. There's, there's ex-referees sat in car parks near Heathrow. It's all going on. And it bought, it distilled down nice and simply in the last seven or so days to everyone argue about whether a tackle's a penalty or not. So that's good because that's football. Well, uh, you, you, so you're arguing the system is so broken, so ruined, so refined. Actually, it's actually worked out okay because we're back to exactly where we started. It's, it's only I'm only kind of arguing for the tackles because. 
the offside thing, you know, is is a horribly frustrating. You know, the the, the toenail the thing of time and needs like to, yeah, and, and yeah, exactly yeah. And, yeah. And, and and what and how wide's a line yeah. and is it a real line? The hand, the two hand balls is 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 a sickening thing. Shouldn't exist in football. But but just the fact that in the middle of all this as has been proven in the last week or so. And as I say, you look at that Zaha penalty in which I think Lindelof absolutely bundles him. I think I think if, yeah. if the referee gives a penalty on the pitch and VAR looks at it, it's a penalty. You know, I, well, I, I think they should have ex-players in there personally as well with referees. Oh, Chris Perry, front and centre, spot on. Yes. Those are our three choices. Um, Marcelo Bielsa, David Luiz... And the, and the return of arguing over penalty decisions. It was a penalty, by the way. Um, <laughs> Chris, your newest. What, which one? Which of those three arguments has been the most uh, most com- compelling? What, who want to change your hero of the week? I, I, th- I think I think personally, it should be Bielsa yeah, to, just for getting uh, leads back, back to where, back to where they belong. They should be in the Premier League, and and he is a brilliant manager and a brilliant man. It's Bielsa. It is. It is. And that's, it is that's the right thing, and it also makes the producer happy. <laughs> um, which, which, and of course, you know, a bit like Sheffield United this season, it'll take the Premier League managers, even though they've had two years to watch him, it'll take them half the season to work out what the hell's going on at Leeds. Uh, we'll see how he deals with the extra layer of pressure. As I say, his work at uh, Lazio and Lille suggested that his fuse these days is very, very short. <laughs> play good um, only regret we have I have is uh, we didn't play the second the first half but we played the second one in this kind of game you have to play good 90 minutes 32 gone and Arsenal barely threatened all night have scored it's a goal for Alexander Lacazette their skipper but it's put on a plate for him uh, by Virgil van Dijk just proving that he's human I suppose okay let's do our villain of the week then uh, Chris why don't you start for us I'm gonna go with Virgil van Dijk for what I whoa well, and the, I know the, no no the, one's allowed to criticise him. Absolutely never allowed to criticise him at all. But the fact that he complained that he was fouled for the goal that Reese Nelson scored, it, it, it's absolute shambles. I mean, <laughs> he hardly even touched him. It's it's embarrassing. He should be embarrassed. I just hold your hand up that you finally made a mistake. You don't make many. Just hold your hand up, get on with it. And the fact that the way that he looked at the ref, the way that he said, Oh, he fouled me, ref. It it just it's just not him, and he's and the villain of the week. Either. It certainly wasn't, it wasn't a foul, no. It wasn't a foul, and it's embarrassing, really. Dan, I've, I've got to tell you, I'm looking into Chris Perry's eyes here. He, yeah. is, he was not impressed. I can't have that. Like, it's a centre half. He's, 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 he's one of the union, <laughs> and he's not having it. <laughs> Chris, do you, do you think do you think that the, the display that um, Van Dyke and Allison put on in two fabulous footballers? Um, do you think it's uh, Indicative of a wider malaise with the reports since they won the title. Oh, they've been terrible, haven't yeah, they? Since, yeah. since they've come back from lockdown, absolutely terrible. Yep. I mean, I think there's something like bottom three or four in yeah. terms of amount of points they've picked up. That is just taking the Mickey. We've we're so far ahead, we're going to come back rubbish, and we'll still, <laughs> we'll still win the league. Title. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, do, uh, you say Van Dyke is beyond criticism, but just to put this, just to get this right, he was bang out of order there. But is he, is he the best around? He's a fantastic defender. Yeah, everyone's going to make mistakes, but just hold your hand up every now and again. Stop saying it's a. It's never been a foul. You know, you're you're six foot six. You're an absolute colossus of a man, mm. and someone just having a little tug on your shirt isn't going to make it a foul. And you and you are a teammate alongside him. Let's say that. And and when you see your leader do that, do do you does it make you kind of think, oh, no, no, no. Do, would you rather see your your sort of governor go, be strong and and stand up and go, that was my yeah, mistake. Absolutely. Now let's yeah. move hold, on. Hold yeah? your hand up to your whole teammates. I'm sorry, I've made a mistake. It's the only one I've made this season, probably. <laughs> But but that's it, and I think everyone then respects him. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I see that. Okay, uh, well, and that's uh, Liverpool, but really Virgil Van Dyke is villain of the week for Chris. This is the kind of stuff we like, Chris, on uh, Danny Kelly's uh, record book podcast. Someone going out on the end of a limb. Um, I have to say, because I have pre knowledge of them, both Mark and I uh, are somewhat to do with clothing. Mark, who is your villain of the week? I was another soft target, Pep Guardiola. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> another two bob, no mark. And this, uh, listen, obviously, we know Pope Guardiola's only won 47,000 trophies and titles, etc., etc., etc. 
And I know the semi. It was only a semi final at Wembley, and I know that he's won everything as a result. And I know there's no one there. Do not bowl up on the touchline as the manager of Manchester City, or indeed anybody, in a pair of number one, their jeans. Yeah. Keep the jeans for post match, but number two, their grey ripped jeans, skinny, skinny, copper, you know, comma skinny. Which are not only is that are they appalling, they're two years old appalling. Everything about Guardiola's look was he had a black teeth. He looked like someone who had, it was the what was left in the bottom of the suitcase after two weeks in Mallorca. <laughs> I'm going to wear it's this. It's the on. last night out, and it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's the only clean. The only things that didn't smell, and. It was it, it was a terrible answer, and I you know I know it's dressed down football at the moment, all this stuff, but there are limits, and he pushed the limits beyond the boundaries, and I was curious about just to say, just a football fan. I mean, I get, you know, a caveat again, it's Pep Guardiola, but I'm just kind of curious if you're a football player and your manager looks like he's turned up like he couldn't be bothered, would that have any effect? Given the fact that City lost. I I'm think, probably stretching I think, it. I think he wears he wears those sort of he wears he, jeans and a he, jeans he, and a jumper every week. He does that look. But yeah. what what gets me is this is Wembley, right? This is yes. Wembley. This is the greatest stadium in world football, the history and everything like that. And they're ripped jeans. Now I could take it if they weren't ripped. Yeah. And they're just norm, normal jeans and they're grey. And he's wearing a black top. You, you wear that, you know what I mean? That 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 makes sense. But the grey and grey and black's fine. The ripped bit, the his age for a start, wearing ripped jeans, I'm not comfortable yeah. with. Yeah. And and just the fact that it's at Wembley, and it's, I think it's a lack of respect. But and if I can back, so if I back this up quickly to, uh, for you, Dan, just to give you a little bit of background, I've done some research before the program. I went online, uh, top man, Burton's, and New Look. You'd pay top whack twenty two pound a pair for these things. But Mark, I mean, this is difficult. I'm going to pull you here because. You are an absolute fashionista, and I say that we're friends. You, 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 you turn up dressed like um, you've been invited to. Well, uh, so if 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 a great soul band from the seventies had reunited and were playing at Buckingham Palace, that's how you turn up for work. You're not all like that. Well, yeah, and and, and, and no, I know, you, I know you. You would, you wouldn't. Not only would you not wear a pair of trousers that cost twenty two quid, you wouldn't wear a handkerchief that only cost twenty two. I would wear an entire outfit that cost twenty two quid, and I've got most of it from the second hand shops where it, where all it all right. where yeah. life's just done. But there's the thing: is that I, I, I'm a Chris. See what he's worn. He's 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 gone this year with with the crew neck jumper yep. and the workwear trouser with the side pocket, which at least implies mm. he's turned well, up for work. Yeah. As Chris says, he's turned up at Wembley, albeit an empty one, just looking like he hasn't bothered. And I think, especially, and then you stand next to Mikel Arteta, who is a well-turned-out fellow, in yeah. a smart, casual kind of way. What, Chris what is sort, frowning. What, what sort of trousers does he wear? I'm not quite... I'm, they're kind of chinos. He's, he's, he's worn some bad combos this year. So, some, so Arteta? Some or? khaki chinos he's pulled out, hasn't he, you know? Slacks. Yeah. It's not, oh, a work listen slack. to you too. Listen to you. Do you know one that are working classes don't make any progress? <laughs> now listen. Uh, now actually, uh, my my complaint, my opinion of the week is also slightly to do with wear, but it almost got bumped today by the second of the FA Cup semi-finals. I'm now saying that the FA Cup could easily be my bill of the week because I haven't missed live coverage of an FA Cup final um, since I was at primary school. But the thought of having to watch Arsenal and Chelsea <laughs> slug it out, um, and I've got to pick, I've got to pick a team to support in that game. Can't be neutral. I mean, it can't be neutral. It can't end minus two each, and they're both relegated, can it? I, so I really hope there's a got... North, North versus South. I was, re- I mean, with not, nothing against Chelsea, but North versus South would have been a good final, wouldn't it? I think, yeah, it yes. keeps, keeps the whole country involved, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, but now, now it's a nightmare for me. But there you are. But, but it hasn't. I stuck to my original villain. Now, I've already talked about VAR and the preening peacocks of the referee <laughs> brigade. Um, John Moss, who another one, bless him. I'm, I mean, to be fair to John, he's not one who spends too much time in front of the mirror until you saw his boots this weekend. Um, not he's wearing plain black boots, which I think is appropriate for a referee. I love plain black boots. Except when they closed in on, the, on, on his right boot, they had a tab around the ankle part with a little label 
that said Mossy. He's Ooh. got his own boot no, and his own little no, label. No, 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 yeah, no. not just Moss, not oh, Red, nickname, but nickname Mossy. tags. You know, yeah. what, you know, it says though exactly what you said about and, and what Mark said about them in terms of you know massive egos. That's all. It, that's exactly what it says about him. Yeah, that's that. I mean, you think he's done the as you say, Dan. You think he's done the right thing by dressing. A, you know, he's an austere monk-like dresser because you know no one wants the referee to have attention drawn towards them. You know, they and wear their gola boots and... like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is horrible. And and, yeah. and and this will hurt Danny particularly because of course we are talking about a man who owns a record shop in John Moss. See, so, see I've always I've always had him down as one of the good guys till I saw the Moss. Because boots. of that reason, didn't you? He had, and, and to yeah, be fair course. though, he owns a record shop called Vinyl Whistle. So he you is, know, he's uh, living the life. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me before we go on to decide what our villain is, that many, many years ago when I was the editor of Total Sport magazine, we sent a reporter to interview a writer to interview one of the then biggest players in world football, Ryan Giggs. And Ryan, as you know, was represented by an old gentleman who Alex Ferguson had um, uh, sort of attached to Ryan when he was worried about the boy getting out of hand. And so it was just a, he's an old gentleman with a handlebar moustache, very, very RAF. Um, his name escapes me for the moment. Someone will, will find it for me. Um, and he was just starting to become aware of the, the, world, the world of copyright and multi-platforms. Is 20 years ago, and he told our writer, You cannot use the words Giggsy or Giggsy Wigsy without our permission. <laughs> Wigsy, Giggsy Wigsy, oh, you cannot use Giggsy or Giggsy Wigsy. He was hoping to copyright the words. So, John Moss's boots with Mossy on the side, Pep's jeans, um, sort of like a, somebody going to a status quo gig. Um, or Virgil van Dyke. Mark, why don't you uh, why don't you tell us what you still think it's a villain of the week? I, I've got to say, I, I, I understand. I, I feel Chris's pain. It, you know, he's he's speaking from within when he talks about Virgil van Dyke. I'm going to give Virgil van Dyke a pass based on the fact that I think he's done reasonably well in his career, particularly at Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, and Fair enough. and given the fact that Pep Guardiola is also generally speaking a smooth mover, let's give the ref one. Can't have a ref with names on their boots. Just can't, that, that can't is be beyond right, the oh, power. Well, bit, no, well, it's not right. If it's, it's just that right. his initials, I think initials are, you know, that's okay. The nickname, yeah. Be, yeah. Just in case, just in <laughs> case your boots get confused yeah. with your assistant. Yeah, absolutely, boots. yeah. That can happen. Mossy. No, 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 Mossy. no, 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 no. I mean, look, I, I put it in as a piece of pitiest there, but it's pitiesome, but it's absolutely right. The villain of the week is John Moss, despite owning a record shop um, for his boots with Mossy written on the side. 
in the first match since Leeds were confirmed as the champions. Now Abamyang on the counter attacks, the ball's played over the top, he's got Lacazette in the middle of the angle, he's tight, he might go alone, he goes alone and scores, and Abamyang has scored once in each half. We move into the second half of the podcast with our best performance. Um, look, there, there, Mark, I'm going to let you go first again here. But, well, I'm actually let you go first here because um, it's been great fun uh, this season watching uh, the the ups and downs of West Ham. Because at the start of the year, Simon Jordan loves pointing this out to me. I pronounced, I thought West Ham had their best squad of players since the 1980s, and of course they have been somewhere between limp and diabolical. Yeah, yeah. all is now forgiven, is it? Yeah, all is now forgiven because once again they've saved their sorry asses, and yeah. uh, and you're absolutely right to describe the squad as you know ostensibly looking like it's a really good one. But of course, what you have to remember is the kind of footballers that West Ham get are these blowing hot and cold, inconsistent individuals, and the only reason you've got them is because that's exactly what they are. And so there's these fly-by-night characters have ended up coming to West Ham and going from West Ham. Some have succeeded, some will get on be, uh, will go and be better. And guess what's happened is some good, solid local boys have got us across the line. And I'm picking the fact that, that in the crunch game, and it was West Ham against Watford on Friday night, the game that pretty much would have been the one that helped seal the deal for them. They're 3-0 up at half-time. And you've got Mikel yeah. Antonio, who, who made his way up from South London football, and he, and he, it took ages for him to kind of break through as a as a top-line pro. He's there scoring goals. You've got Declan Rice, a product of Chelsea's Academy, admittedly, <coughs> but we can let that one go. But he's another local, yeah. another local boy making good. And, of course, driving it, probably when he shouldn't be getting more than 30 minutes a game or 60 minutes a game when we're playing two or three games a week, is the 500-game man, Mark Noble. And just simply because I'm selfish... <laughs> thank you, yes. But he's, I, I, was, I went to um, yet another sort of like survival uh, campaign when West Ham beat Wigan many seasons ago. And Alan, Alan Kerbisley came out of what was... He told me, Mrs. Kerbis is saying, why the hell are you going back? We're having a lovely time. And he said, <laughs> I've got to, darling, it's West Ham. And this was how he described it. And I saw him after West Ham beat Wigan at the back end of another season in which they'd saved their bacon at the top flight. And he, and he explained this one to me. And, he, and Mark Noble walked past and he goes, there he goes, the shop steward. And he, that's what he used to call him because Mark Noble, he, he came out of the academy and even when he was no longer an academy player, this was the fella that used to go up to the kids in the canteen after training, make sure they were all all right, make sure they were getting what they deserve. He's been exactly that kind of character during the lockdown as well. He's been making sure that everyone at the club is all right. And I mean, what I mean by that is people who work for West Ham rather than football players. And he's basically also been talking to club captains to make sure that football's okay. The fella can't stop being football. And he's also can't stop being good. And he's been one of the most valuable players we could have. So the performance of the week is West Ham. But of course, it's capped off by the fact that Mark Noble's managed to rack up 500 games for them. He's he's been a fantastic servant, hasn't he, to the club, without a doubt. my, my, My query on that is... That if you actually listen to the interview after the game from Mark Noble, yeah, he actually said that he couldn't get out of his head how bad West Ham's performance was, <laughs> and you're saying it's the best performance of the week. Yeah, I, I, I can't, I, I can't be having that. It's a game of two halves. I believe, <laughs> I, I believe you find that football is that. It's a great <laughs> first half. It may be the most important. It's a game of four quarters now. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. He's now basketball. True. You're correct. Yeah. But it, it, it may be, it may be the most important result in the. Yeah, in yeah. the uh, in the Webster household. I'm not sure about it being the best. Who's your best performance, Chris? Um, I'm going to go with Arsenal this week. They've beaten no, Liverpool, no, no, yeah. the champions, and Manchester City, arguably the most, the best team in Europe, potential Champions League winners this season. And well, I don't think they actually deserve to beat Liverpool. They were given two goals, weren't they? Let's be honest, against Liverpool. But defensively, they showed showed a lot of um, will, determination and organisation that they haven't had before. And, and against Man City, I thought they were absolutely outstanding. I thought it was one of the well, best defensive performances I've ever seen. And, you know, they they knew exactly what they were going to get against Man City. They knew that Man City were going to hold a high line and they just played on it all afternoon. And they should, probably should have won 
maybe three or four nil in the end. Chris, I, I, I can only begin to accept the idea of Arsenal being performance of the week. <laughs> if, 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 if it confirms since they beat Liverpool, champions of England, champions of Europe, champions of the world currently, beat Manchester City, arguably the best team um, along with Liverpool in world football. But that means that their defeat at Spurs makes Spurs the best at the start of the week. Oh, well Spurs played, the Daniel Kelly. Does, Great yeah, maths. Well done. Of course. Yeah, I yeah. think you'll find the linear champions of the world. Gonna <laughs> but that wasn't this if, week. If you're right, it's not this week, wasn't well, 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 played, well played Chris Perry, yes. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you very much indeed. I mean, look, credit where it's due. Uh, Manchester City fans hate it. When we, you know, but everybody wants to beat Manchester City. We all know why. It's nothing to do with what is a fine football club. It's to do with the way they've transmogrified themselves and chrysalised themselves into something else off the back of the money of a nation state. City fans just don't want to see that. That's fine. It really is fine. And other people keep reminding of it, and that's fine too. Um, my uh, best performance of the week is, um, again, football is about rivalry. And it's about banter, and it shouldn't go too far. And we know where the, the lines are these days. You can't be abusing people um, for what they are, or you two, how they look. Um, but <laughs> Leeds like United, perhaps high on a, on a nine, nine wine cocktail um, following their promotion. Of course, they had to play against Derby County. And the relations between the two clubs are bitter, to say the least. They're traditional rivals in that division. They've been both been pressing to get promoted in recent years. And of course, last year we had, or in the recent past, we had Spygate, where Bielsa last season was sent a drone over the Derby training pitch to try and gain an illegal advantage over his opponent. Well, I'm afraid Leeds could not resist over the last 24 hours. In the preview to the game uh, against Derby County, they put um, at the Derby County training ground up on their Twitter account, and you had a picture of Pride Park taken through binoculars. <laughs> Magnificent spying oh, reminder. Lovely. And then as if that wasn't bad enough, they then had, had a preview of the game, um, which was headlined um, and at Pride Park uh, this weekend, it's Premiership versus Championship. Talking about Leeds and Derby. Wow. I mean... If you add to that the fact that the Derby County players had to form some kind of card of honour... Yeah, that was harsh. That was harsh. Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't know whether I could do that. That would be... Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's a bizarre act in the first place because... Who's benefit? You I've, know? I've, 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 in the Premier League, every team giving Liverpool a guard of honour now. I get like, maybe maybe the first game after they win it. Why does every team have to do it? Yeah, the the, the, on, oh, the Chris, ongoing honouring. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, look, we've already. It, 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 you know, it, it'll end up with teams. Not only will it be a guard of honour, they'll have to lie on the floor. Liverpool will be allowed to walk out over their subjugate yourself. Yeah, yeah quite. <laughs> nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Uh, look, I, I want, I want to give West Ham the performance of the week because it makes Mark so happy. Um, uh, but, uh, but Chris, I'm going to leave it to you. Really, it's West Ham, it's Arsenal for their fantastic performance in the FA Cup semi-final, and it's Leeds' Twitter account for showing that in football, no grudge is too old that it can't be resuscitated. <laughs> and I quite like. I'm, I'm going to go with the Leeds Twitter account, I think. Oh! Great. I, well, Mark, no, I, Mark I Noble doesn't need your no, help, fo- Chris Perry. Football fans <laughs> never forget, do they? They will drag something up from years and years and years yeah. ago as soon as they can. And that, that's the great thing about football and football fans, I think. I love it. I'd like to I'd like to put the team sheet in and they've got the back four down as Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy. Benson that would have been edges. absolute yeah. daddy, yeah. would it? Perfect. <laughs> You still want to take the West Ham, Mark? I, I am good. I don't. You don't need my help here, lads. I'm, it's, I'm, I'm happy to go with it. Yes, I think, I think Leeds is good enough for me. All right. So, Lee, well, with a clean tweet for Leeds United. They had the hero of the week in Marcelo Bielsa, and now their Twitter account, naughty though it was, is our best performance of the week. <laughs> That is it uh, in this match. The referee, Anthony Taylor, has just blown his whistle. It's finished. Tottenham 3, Leicester 0. I wouldn't be here if I didn't think it was possible. And we've we've fought far too hard. 
to get ourselves into a real, having a realistic chance to not continue to fight. He feeds it into Smith Rowe. Smith Rowe has scored, and Huddersfield Town are going to be safe in the Championship. The worst performance of the week. Boy, oh boy, have we got uh, some things going on here. Chris, why don't you start? I think you were at, you were doing a, a professionally covering a game. Uh, over the weekend, and from that, you've got your worst performance of the week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I I was going to go somewhere else, but the performance was that bad, particularly in the first half, that I've I've changed my mind, and it, and it's Leicester, and and it's Brendan Rodgers, really. Ooh. What's what's happened? To, is it him? I mean, I know he's had a couple of in, I mean, the back four's somewhat disrupted, but I, I, what have they done? It, it the the thing the thing for me is. I, I understand they've got Chilwell injured, they've got yeah. Pereira injured, who are two fantastic fullbacks and have been a huge yeah. part of what they do in a back four. But why suddenly change your whole system to a back three when you haven't got two fullbacks? It, it doesn't make any sense. You actually need those fullbacks as wingbacks if you're playing a back three. So you're actually, what you're doing is you're sticking on, you've lost Soyuncu and, yes. you, and, and you're looking for a third central defender to play. It, it makes no sense. Leicester have brought in Ryan Bennett, who wasn't good enough for Wolves, right, and and yeah. who didn't couldn't, couldn't even get a game at Wolves under Nuno Espirito Santo, and Wolves aside that I think are an excellent team. Yes, um, and Wes Morgan has come from nowhere, thirty six years old now, I think he is, and a fantastic servant to the club and 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 to captain the club to win in the league was a great achievement. But is this sentiment gone mad? To ask him to do this in this and, circumstance. And play in a yeah. back three where they've got to cover more more area because they haven't yeah. got two fullbacks alongside them. Yeah. Ryan and, Bennett and, showed Son, allowed Son and Kane inside onto their right foot twice today when you know that that's what they do. It's yeah. like it's like the old Arjen Robin one, isn't it? You know exactly what he's going to do. Let's yeah. show him onto that foot. Why would you do it? And, and Brendan Rodgers made... Almost made himself look worse because he changed it to a back four for the second half. <laughs> so yeah, he's, he's admitted that, that he was wrong. Himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The, the loss of the two fullbacks means the team is weaker. You don't make it even weaker by bringing in players in other positions. Quick word, I think, just from me about Harry Kane. I mean, obviously, I'm biased to the soles of my shoes. Um, in a year when his team has been awful and when he suffered a terrible injury himself um, and the season has been disrupted, uh, in the in the last calendar year, he's only managed 38 games, Harry, and 33 goals. That's mm. how out of form he is. Yeah. That's why he must never play for England again. Yeah. That's why he's a one-trick pony, he's everybody. A pro- he's a proper player. Listen, I want to talk about the Huddersfield Town board. It's my mm. uh, worst performance of the week. Huddersfield Town, who the hell do they think they are? They're going for a second successive relegation. The team is in absolute shambles. They appoint the Cowley brothers. And in, since the lockdown, they've kept... Four clean sheets in the last six games. This is a team that was shipping goals. They beat West Bromwich Albion, who were odds-on favourites to go up uh, automatically. Um, uh, well, they still are, thanks to Brentford's defeat the other day. I don't know how much more the Cowley brothers could have done. They have guaranteed another year in League One for Huddersfield Town. I'm not sure that the owners, the mess they made there, deserve that. And then they have shown the door now. Um, I know, Chris. Uh, sorry, uh, Mark, you're going to talk about a similar situation in the Premier League. My guess is, um, and you're going to talk about Nigel Pist, so I'll make, I'll make no bones about that. My guess is what's happened here is the pandemic, that these people were promised certain kinds of backing should they be successful in keeping these teams in their respective leagues. The discussions now are probably about cutting squads, cutting wage bills, um, and... Football managers, you know, they, they're they pretty proud blokes. They've been promised one thing, they've been told another. And the row starts, and we, we know all of us, so none of us have been, we'll have to talk to Simon Jordan about this tomorrow on Talk Sport. Um, if there's a row between the manager and the owner, there's only, a, you know, when the curtain parts and the steam clears and you want to see who's won the fight, it's always the owner, isn't it? And that's, that, that's the way of football. Well, the Huddersfield, the, the Huddersfield one is a weird one based on the fact that there's kind of, the, you know, the words that are coming out of the club is that, that we feel we wanted to go a different way, which almost implies like the Cowley brothers employed Huddersfield Town as their football club. Guess who took them on in the first place, knowing how the yeah. Cowley brothers do their business? 
So I tell you what, what you if you were a Huddersfield fan, what you want to hear from the ball saying, look, I think we made a mistake here. There's nothing. These two fellas are really good at their work, but it's not the kind of work that we actually want. We thought they were doing something that we that would fit with us, and it doesn't fit with us. So they'll. So we're saying thanks for your hard work. Go and do your thing somewhere else. But they're it never. Would, they're it, never going to admit. Admit. You know. Admit fault. That they are made they? the mistake. Exactly. Yeah. So they never put their hands yeah. up. But really a shame. Because, yes. But we know. We, look, the, the counties are the losers today. Because um, it is actually we're recording this that day this happened. I guarantee you they'll get another gig and they'll do as well as they did at Lincoln and they'll probably knock Huddersfield out of next year's FA Cup, won't they? Yeah, but that's the way, literal. That's they, the way they won't. They won't struggle to get a job, will no, they? That's true. No, that's no, they won't, and quite rightly so. Uh, equally weird, your worst performance of the week. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll, I'll take your Huddersfield and I'll raise your Watford, and right. I and, and I think this. Is, I mean, it's, it's. I think it's worse simply because, and, and and it's a weird thing to say based on the fact that we know that Watford's previous in this is not exactly great. Um, whoever's taking over um, at, at Watford, the last as we speak. Uh, Hayden Mullins is one of their coaching staff and it seems he might be getting the job. He may well have the job as as people are listening to this. I'm going, for, w- I'm going for Kike Sanchez-Flores. Uh, well, uh, Again. Be, uh, well, it, yeah, because he does do it every other time. That's true, Dan. There yeah. is a pattern and I should I should have observed that. But of course, it's, a year, it's only about a year ago that Javier Garcia led them to a 6-0 loss in the FA Cup final against City. It kind of unravelled from there. They bring in Nigel Pearson. They're in the relegation zone when they bring in Nigel Pearson. You know who Nigel Pearson is. You know what Nigel Pearson does. And in fact, what Nigel Pearson did on the form table, which is an interesting thing that comes spinning out of it because everyone was looking around going, hold on, why has this happened? And then so numbers start spilling out. They're 12th in the form table since he took over. Better than Leicester, by the way, the team that he also saved from relegation, who then subsequently went on to become the league League champions. champions, So if Watford have got any, can see anywhere beyond the back of the nostril on their own stupid face... You'd have thought that what they'd have done is bring in Nigel Pearson for a reason and stick with him for a reason. Not least of which is that he may even yet have kept them up and could have started again. But if he didn't keep them up, Nigel Pearson strikes me as the kind of man who would be ideal to try and be the man who actually rejuvenated Watford and make them a club that could become back to the Premier League. And to knock them with two games to go is madness. Do you think that um, Troy Deeney might manage the team for two games? Well, as I say, well, Hayden, Hayden Mullins, Hayden Mullins yeah. name has been the, the yeah. one that's mentioned. He's down the bench. Um, I, I guess, Troy, Troy, Chris, you'll know this better than anybody in terms of the senior pro, to a certain extent, is, is the kind of John Terry situation, isn't it? I bet Troy Deeney has a bit to say anyway, doesn't he? I think, yeah, from, from what I've heard coming out of Watford, Troy Deeney's not been happy with the style of play. He's not been happy with the lack of chances that he's been getting. Uh, in recent games and whether he's made that clear to the owners or, or some of the hierarchy at the club I don't think it certainly would have helped Nigel Pearson but, no. he, get, but he, he has to come off he's, he's, he's basically got half he's a got ton a of ice on his leg every yeah, time he, yeah. so he's, he's, not, he's, he's not exactly like you know at the top of his game no. and not getting across no. the fella he can't finish 90 minutes so. he, could, he couldn't watching the West Ham game he couldn't keep up with play he couldn't no. get in the box players were getting into crossing areas and he couldn't get into the box so that's not Nigel Pearson's fault is it no not at all and Nigel Pearson called out the players after that West Ham game he said we had passengers and you can understand where his issue would be I don't get it's kind of weird don't? when you say it out loud to be surprised that Watford have sacked another manager no, is not well, a surprise I, I, we all knew no, that was going to so happen so what's new yeah, yeah. But it just feels the fact that they actually kind of picked a guy that seemed to make sense. I just think the and timing. And then five minutes later, I just think the timing of it's it's ridiculous. You know, it's nuts. Mate, it's nuts. Even if even if he, he keeps you up, even if, if he gets you down, fair enough, you can sack him. You you can move him on. Yeah. If he keeps you up, even you can move him on because you say, you know what, we brought him in to keep us up, and that's it. He only signed a season deal. Yeah. He didn't even sign beyond that. He didn't sign a year's deal. He didn't sign to the end of twenty twenty. He signed to the end it, of this season. The timing just makes no sense. They're Three points clear of relegation at the moment with two games coming up that are huge and you change yeah. the manager and he's, like you said, 12th in the form table. He's organised them. All right, they had a bad half at West Ham. Yeah. A really bad half. But we've just seen Leicester, who are challenging for the Champions League, yeah. have had a bad a bad half today. It happens. There's a lot of inconsistency yeah. in, the, in post-lockdown. The reason they are fall from bottom is because they're inconsistent. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's, it has to be somebody from inside the club. It's just occurred because their next picture is so near that they couldn't get any. We have to have the two COVID tests before you can go into these bubbles. They have to be five days apart. So they can't get somebody from outside the club because they wouldn't have time to do the two point, COVID point. tests. Yeah. Uh, so it has to be Hayden or a combination of him and one of the players. Um, look, I've left it to you two all the way through here. I'll, I'll go first this time. In a week when, I mean, Leicester's performance on the pitch reflects, I think, some turmoil off it, not least caused by their injuries. Um, Watford sacking another manager. Why are we surprised? But Chris Perry is, is voice raising two octaves there because it's two games before the end of the season. That is the glaring madness of that. Yep. Particularly, there's still stuff to play for. Huddersfield, particularly with the Wigan situation, no doubt feel that they are safe, although mathematically that's not yet true, depending on the courts. You know, what the uh, arbitrators say about Wicked Athletic. Um, Sacking the Cowleys right now, probably a bit mad as well. Um, I'll, go, I'll go for Watford because um, it, it, I, I'm, I'm actually a member of the um, Fireman Hiram gang. I think managers aren't doing well. Let's get them out the door. But this, is this their fourth or fifth manager this season? Fifth it will be, won't it? Including a part-time agent having a go before. Five managers in a, in a season. And then you wonder why you're getting relegation. For me, it's Watford. What about you, Chris? I agree with you, Danny. I think it's Watford. I just think it's an absolutely ludicrous decision. Just can't you cannot Adam and Eve this one? Yeah, you're not going to change your mind either. I'm you? stuck. I'm, I, I, I kept my powder dry, so I'd be best to blast. Thank you very much for what's been a multicoloured kaleidoscope of heroes, villains, good and bad performances. Thanks as always to Chris Perry and Mark Webster for being with us. We've still got a couple more of these to do before the season ends. I'm delighted to say. So stick with us on Danny Kelly's record book podcast from the Game Day Empire. Congratulations to Tom Rennie and Mark Webster, our West Ham fans, oh, stalwarts of the programme, and to our producer, Jeremy, who supports Leeds United. And I'm pretty sure has been listening to the last hour's worth of podcasting through a haze of his chosen liqueur. Thank you very much for listening to us. Bless you all. Good night now. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com. 18 plus. Be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.